Hey, James, give me your best uh, Heath Ledger impression as the Joker. Okay. Why so serious? Let's put a <laughs> smile on that face. That's pretty good. Hey, give me your best uh, Jack Nicholson Joker. Uh, you are my number one guy. Great. <laughs> hey, what about Mark Hamill? I can't do Mark Hamill. You do Mark Hamill. Nobody, nobody but Mark Hamill can do Mark Hamill. <laughs> Get ready to overanalyze some popular culture with Chris Guyton and James Kelly. This is Licensing Legends. Hello and welcome to episode three of Licensing Legends with myself, Chris Guyton. And I'm James Kelly. And today we're going to talk about the infamous clown prince of crime, the Joker, and his portrayal in Injustice 2. Uh, but before we do that, James, I got to tell you, I just got a new game. I did. I went and Sweet. I broke down, and I got Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. You know, it's definitely like more like a casual game. I, I'm not going to say I hate it. I don't hate it. It's not terrible. And honestly, I'm just really happy to have another game where I can play as Mega Man X. Alright. Sweet. <laughs> because, you know, I've been missing Mega Man for a really long time, and this is the only way that I actually can play with that character. Um, and I'm playing a team with like X and Zero. It's kind of fucking sweet, actually. So, actually, to kind of like in this tangential but interesting like side question for that game, are the X Men like big characters? Can you play as someone like Wolverine or anything in the game? Uh, funny thing about that is there are no X Men in Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh. oh my gosh, that. Yep, the, a lot of people are mad about that, but uh, honestly, I never really cared. I never made Wolverine. I never played Wolverine in any of those games anyway, so. But we're not here to talk about Marvel vs. Capcom. That was just an icebreaker. We're here to talk about Injustice 2, and specifically today, we're going to talk about the Joker. Um, now, in Injustice 2, in the world of Injustice, actually, actually, well, this is actually kind of unclear because um, in the first Injustice game, the Joker was killed by Superman, um, but they explained him being a playable character by, you know, this whole multiverse thing, and, like, there was another world where they lifted, you know, characters from, and, and they came and assisted the characters from this dystopian world. But in this game, it's pretty clear that, well, un <laughs> it's clear that we are in the world where Superman is a dickhead, but it's unclear as to why the Joker is actually a playable character. In the story mode, he only really appears in like a flashback scene for Harley Quinn, and then you fight him as Harley. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's dead, so he's like not really like a like. It's really weird, like um, kind of like it's kind of like Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat X or or, or one of those, where the character is like technically dead during the, the storyline, but. He's playable. So this is like a very strange um, encounter with the Joker. So just like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the Joker never really does die. Like, there's so many stories, like in Batman the Animated Series alone, my, my go-to source of just how I came became introduced to Batman, other than Adam West, like, he, he died so many times. And like, he, he gets dropped into a an ocean with a shark that's there and like blood curls up. See, Batsy, I think of everything. <laughs> There's like the Batman Superman episode where the Joker like has these exploding marbles. They're grenades. Expect the unexpected. Roll down to him and he's laughing as this, as a plane is about to crash into the ocean. It's just like, how do you survive this stuff? And it's just like, it's always the mystery. You just. Joker just never stays dead, even though it seems like he's dead. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, isn't, like, the origin of the character, or, like, the widely accepted origin of the character, like, him getting dropped into, like, that vat of acid? Like, how does a person survive that in the first place? Yeah, well, I mean, it's comic 
Starbucks. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so we're getting into a little tangent, but yeah, so in the 1950s, like, um, the the creator of the, the co-creator of the Joker, Bill Finger, also the co-creator of Batman, he uh, wrote a little story. It was um, Batman meeting up with like the, the these um, kids, I think, and it was like him going over like how to be a crime detective and all that, and then he mentioned, hmm, but there's this one story that always puzzled me, and it involved the Red Hood. And he just tells the story of this criminal who wore this red helmet hood thing. He was in a tuxedo, had a red cape. Then he ends up finding Batman, runs away from Batman, jumps into a, a pet pit of acid and is never seen from again. Stay away from me! Don't come any closer, you monster! <laughs> Batman just assumes, oh, I guess he got away. And then, like, in the story, it's revealed, oh, but he didn't get away. He took off that helmet and became the Joker. Wait, but I didn't realize that. I thought that's, well, first of all, before I comment on that, I will say that it's awesome that Bill Finger is finally getting the credit that he deserves for creating Batman and all of those freaking characters. But I didn't realize that that story was, was that old. I thought that that was kind of like a retcon kind of story for the character. So that was like a Bill Finger idea or what? Yeah, it was a total Bill Finger idea. And then like, so years later in the 80s, this great British artist, Brian Boland, finishes up his comic book, Camelot 3000. It's like, okay, what do you want to work on next with DC? And it's like, um, I want to work with Alan Moore. It's like, okay, done. We got him contracted. And they and Brian Bolin says, I want to write a Joker Batman comic. And yes. Oh, can I get can I guess what it is? Sure. Was it the killing joke? Yes. Ah! So then like <laughs> um, Alan Moore, like the thing is like Alan Moore loves to play around with continuity. Mm-hmm. Like when he worked at the big um, any kind of like pre-established character, he would always like say, Okay, what are the rules? And let me see if I can play around with that. And so he knew that the Joker had that origin story from the 50s and they just played around with it and made it so oh well he he was this um, kind of schlubby dude who was kind of just given this fake criminal identity of the red hood and was set up to be like the the person that batman would pursue right he was like he was like a a failed stand-up comedian or something like that in that yeah. story i have to go up on stage and, and nobody laughs yeah, yeah, he was like a failed stand-up comedian, and it's like it's it's the great traditional Aesop of like don't don't slide into a life of crime even if you're desperate because he's like oh I'm not getting the jobs and my wife is pregnant I'll do this one crime this one crime and that'll be it. And meanwhile, his wife dies and he still is like uh, I want to back out. I was like you're not backing out. We're not gonna let you back out. I was like uh oh. Ends up getting busted by the cops and Batman shows up. Batman, seeing him in the Red Hood costume, assumes it's this guy named the Red Hood. And the the poor dude gets scared and his wife has died. He jumps into a pit of acid, takes off his hood, and suddenly he's white-faced with green hair, red lips. And he's like, he just loses his mind. Although in that story, in, is that's not the definitive origin of the Joker because the Joker in that story says... I'm not sure if I remember, like, what happened to me. If In terms of past, I like a multiple choice. I think uh, the Joker has a lot of incarnations where, like, he doesn't quote-unquote remember his past, right? Like, <laughs> even, like, God, I'm going to bring this movie up. Suicide Squad Joker. <laughs> you know, he has that whole rant uh, when he's, like, torturing Harley, Harley Quinn. And he's like, uh... Uh, like, I don't even, like, remember my past or whatever. I don't remember the exact uh, yeah. lines, but they allude to the fact that he um, has unknown, his unknown origins, you know, even to himself. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends, right? Right. It's one of those things just like, uh, well, like, uh, the, the best thing about the Joker is that he is the ultimate foil to Batman, and pretty much he works, like, he's one of the only Batman villains that works whatever way you want to take Batman. Just like Batman is basically, Frank Miller once said this, is that Batman is like a diamond. You can throw him and mess him around in any way and it'll still work. So he works perfectly when he's campy, jokey Adam West. He works perfectly when he's ultra-realistic, serious Christopher Nolan's version. 
with a Christian Bale. Like that works perfectly as well. You got Batman the Animated Series version. And so in each version you, you can form a Joker that's the perfect antithesis to whatever Batman you're going for. And like that's the thing about the Joker. So the Joker has been like very, very just harmless clown prankster to total mirthless anarchist horrible Heath Ledger Joker. Which is which is a kind of brings up an interesting point about the way that he's used in Justice 2 is like he was used as a way to turn Superman into a, uh, an evil dictator. So like they kind of placed him opposite Superman and then and then removed him from the story completely more or less. Um, and, and now uh, Batman and Superman are at odds with it with one another. I mean, ultimately the Joker is responsible for what what's happening between like those two, but um, he's actually like he's actually like out of the story. Pretty like, he's, he's out of sort of from the beginning. He gets killed, and, and then that's it. Uh, in this game, he comes back, like I said earlier, in, like, a dream sequence. But and he doesn't really carry any like anything into this, this story at all. Especially since Brainiac becomes, like, the, the main villain. It's like, okay, he was basically, he's basically in there just because it would be weird if the Joker was not in a game featuring DC superheroes, I feel like. You know? Absolutely. He's too big of a character. But, I mean, like, the thing is, like, with the Joker is always he's, like, he's kind of like by his own nature he's too much of a wild card to, to put into stories like once you put the joker into that story it can go into completely weird places um like there's a moment in uh infinite crisis i think um comic book crossover storyline written by uh jeff johns and drawn by uh who's it drawn by i think uh I don't remember. Let's look that up. Uh, maybe Phil Jimenez, I think. Anyways, um, in that story, like, there's a moment where, where like, this big, basically, like, all the supervillains are teaming up to alter reality. You're right. That was oh. Phil Jimenez. All right, I got that. Nice. Yeah, so, um, yeah, beautifully drawn by Phil Jimenez. And, like, the Joker's just, like, asking, oh, so it's my invitation coming in. And just, like, the dude that he's killing as he's asking this is saying, like, uh, Joker, you don't get it, do you? You're the one person we, we didn't, they didn't invite in on purpose. Like, they don't trust you. They can't control you. So we're not going to invite you to this very well-orchestrated, well-planned-out plan. Right, exactly. I mean, he just, like, will screw everything up, dude. That's also, like you said, he's a wild card. Wild card. I mean, like, there, there are stories like, a, like Batman Hush. He's actually, like, very much a willing pawn to the Riddler's scheme. And just, like, because I was like, oh, you got a good joke? Okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. If, if it's a good joke, if it's something that'll mess up with Batman, then yeah, yeah I'm in. Well, like, it just, it, it just depends on, like, it also, yeah, it depends writer to writer. I mean, the big thing that I've seen, like, and I think is pretty consistent, like, the one thing that actually just truly the Joker despises is being the joke. Like, that's what he does not like, mm -hmm. is, is when people are laughing at him. And, like, they're laughing at him, like, not kindly. Like, he is a joke. That's when he truly, like, despises someone. Because he is the clown prince. Yes. He's supposed to be making us laugh <laughs> at his jokes, not at him personally. Yes. Let's, let's look at, so let's take a second and look at Joker's, like, combo attacks in Injustice 2. Talk about the names here. Uh, so these actually are all pretty pretty aligned with something that I would say like Joker would call himself. But actually, actually, before we do that, before we look at the comic text, we have to do address the fact that Joker is often not really, uh, he's kind of like a Poison Ivy kind of villain where he doesn't really fight that much, right? You know what I mean? I mean, there's, there's versions where he does, I would say like Dark Knight, like in the, in the, like the scene, like he kind of like roughs people up a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think he, ever, he, like, he doesn't really, ever like really like physically engage right like, well i mean he does but he's not good at it yeah usually. like it depends like it's, it's one of those things writer writer like i don't really like the idea of joker being so good at fighting i like the idea that he can like actually like manage to punch batman like once or twice but just like like it's batman it's just like okay you punch me you, you got me you might be able to like like stick a knife in me maybe but like you're not gonna like like out fight me right that man right. I, like the only time I really like uh, he I uh, there's like there's moments where it's like it's a good fight like uh, the end of uh, the 89 Batman movie like that that fight oh yeah 
between Joker and Batman. And even that, like, it's like Batman's, like, dominating over Joker, and, like, Joker's just able to, like, get a couple punches in. And then he falls to the ground and dies. <laughs> Yeah, that, that gave me fucking yeah. nightmares as a kid. Oh, well, I mean, if you're honest, it was like the, those Tim Burton movies. I could not watch them when I was like five. Yeah. Like, I could not. Those were crazy, like, man. Those were like scary. It's like, say what you will about the Joel Schumacher ones. Like, they're, they're watchable when you're a kid. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's not like you're going to have nightmares. Like, Batman Returns, like, like Batman 89 is like not too bad. But like, <laughs> Batman Returns is just like, it's like, what the? You want kids? Like... Like, Kevin Smith, like, did a commentary with uh, Mark Bernardin for Fat Man on Batman for that movie. And just the entire time, he was like, this movie had a Happy Meal tie-in. Straight from Gotham City to McDonald's, it's the Batmobile. One of four fun toys your kids get with each build your own Happy Meal you buy. And just, yeah. like, it was just amazing. Like, when you watch, like, it's penguins with rocket launchers on. It's like, what the? Tim Burton, you have, you have, you have a... Crazy mind. Yeah, that was ridiculous. All right, let's look at some of Joker's combo attacks in yeah, totally. Justice too. So right. he's got he's got a couple moves. I mean, they're all like clown based. Like he got a move called the Clown Prince. Clown Prince, right? That's okay. that's pretty. Yeah. You know, whatever. That's like a stick name. One called Clowns Are Happy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. You know what? You know what the thing is too. One of the things I have to address is on a personal tip is that the Joker is. Um, you know, aesthetically, you know, he's always gone with that clown kind of look or whatever. And I'm pretty sure that that contributed, at least, going back to what we were talking about the Batman 89 movie, contributed to me being, like, scared as fuck of clowns as a kid. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's... I guess the thing, like, like real-life clowns are, like, just always mad, because clowns are always, like, depicted as evil in pretty much everything. Like, It, Spawn, well, it's Batman, like, it's like... Where's oh, yeah, the nice yeah, the, the violator? Yeah, I was like, are, is there any nice clown like in media other than Ronald McDonald, who's giving the one the world the wonder of of happy males and cancer? Yeah, uh, in, there's gotta be. There's like there's I mean, a the, couple, I, right? I, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head now that we're talking about the Joker and violator. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, there's Bozo supposedly, but I've never seen Bozo the clown, so I can't really speak from experience. Bozo the Clown. That sounds familiar. Oh, what about Homie the Clown? Who? From, um... <laughs> wow, I'm dating myself. From, um... In, uh, in Living Color, it was like a sketch show uh, um, that Jim Carrey actually was on. Speaking of, you know, people who've been in Batman movies, Jim Carrey was, uh, was a... Was a, was a cast member on that show, but it was like a skit show, and yeah. there was a character... I'm pretty sure it was Damon Wayans. Was it Damon Wayans? It was one of the Wayanses. That played this character named Homie the Clown would walk around like hitting people with like socks and stuff, being like, "Homie, don't play that." Homie, don't play that. He was kind of. I mean, I guess he wasn't like. Eh, I mean, I, he might have fall. He might fall in the category of the clown. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's so. 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 I mean, like, yeah. So. So. So what we're saying, kids, is is you can blame Bill Finger for ruining clowns. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one, he's got a move called Die Laughing. Oh yeah. Well, well, okay. Like, let's go on this other tangent. All right. Um, Bat, like he, he Joker dies in like '89 Batman movie. Yeah. But he, but like, actually, like that's one of the fun, amazing facts is that like the original Bat story that um, the Joker debuted in, he was in the he was in like two short stories for Batman number one, which is like a crazy Batman comic because and I've written an article about it. Check it out in psychart.org. He, it's basically. Like that, that whole comic like encompasses every take Batman will will go through in the next seventy five years. Like you have like globe trotting Batman in that story. You've got like campy, ridiculous Batman, and you also got serious, grounded crime stories with Batman and Robin fighting the Joker. And like they are violent. They are really like Joker kills a lot of people in those stories, and. And, like, the first story, Joker gets arrested. Second story, Joker was meant to die. And, like, Bill Finger thought, like, yeah, like, Batman's gotta, like, his villains have to die. Otherwise, it's just, he's just gonna become this, like, redundant force if, if the villains just keep on escaping. Like, Bill Finger himself, like, thought, this might be problematic if, if the villains just keep on escaping and escaping and escaping. Like, is Batman really effective, then? Didn't, aren't there, I mean, there's been some other, like, um, 
people that have kind of questioned that, right? Like, oh. as far as, like, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that's why, like, most of the, the bad guys, like, die at the end of the Batman movies, right? Like, you have, like, Two-Face dies at the end of uh, Batman Forever, you know what I mean? Like, you just mentioned um, uh, Joker dies at the end of Batman 89, uh, Penguin Thank dies you. at the end of uh, Batman Returns. Does everybody, anybody die? Everybody dies at the end of Batman and Robin, right? Wait, who's that? I don't remember, actually. I'm trying to forget that one. No one, sadly. Two-Face also dies at the end of uh, Dark Knight. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, same, same with uh, Ra's al Ghul. He dies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, does he, though? We actually don't know if he's dead. Is he dead? This is I mean, they never brought him back, but... Yeah. Because, like, that's the problem with Ra's al Ghul, man. Like, if, like you know what I mean? Okay, this is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whenever we talk about Batman stuff, like, this, yeah. this is where I'm going to chime in the most because this is what I know. Ra's al Ghul is one of those characters that, like, you never know he's actually dead. He always comes back. In this version, you do because it's the most realistic take on Batman. So there is no Lazarus Pits. There's no, like, he is not centuries old. He is just a dude. He's just a well-trained dude. True. And he just, and, like, it's 100%. You don't survive a train crashing from multiple stories high, up in the air. You don't. I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. How did Batman let that happen? It's like, oh, well, that is like that, that. Everyone loves the Nolan movies, and I love them too. But like, that's like that is not my Batman, like at all. Like Batman does not let someone die intentionally. Like, well, like I've gotten to fights about this. It's like I've seen, and I love stories where Batman saves the Joker. Like Batman will save the Joker. Like, well, he won't let the Joker die. He did save the Joker then in the next movie. Yes, that's like that's so much better because like that is Batman. That's Batman. Like, yeah. It's like, I'm not gonna let you die. I'm gonna save you. Like, only time I, I'm comfortable with Batman, like, letting someone die is when he is when it's like he can't physically, like, do everything at this at, at once and just let someone, like, kind of dies accidentally. Then I'm like, okay. And, and it's also because Batman himself, like, usually will then, like, brood about that and, like, think, I didn't say that one person. Well, give us another, give us another story where he saves the Joker. There's tons. Uh, um, Batman uh, Cacophony, um, the the Kevin Smith comic. He, uh, he's like stabbed, and Batman actually rushes him to the hospital, make sure Joker oh, survives. Yeah. There's tons like where where he he tries to save the Joker, and like then the Joker just kind of like just kind of like brushes it off and doesn't let him, or things like that. And just like there's plenty of times where where Batman will try to save the Joker. Like, even in 89, he wasn't trying to kill the Joker. Just, like, Joker kind of, like, died by his own, like, kind of mistaken means. Yeah. So, just, like, yeah. He did kind of look a little bit, like, shocked when... Yeah. You know, when he fell down that, that tower in that 89 movie. Yeah, he didn't want... Yeah. That's the only Batman movie, also, where Batman doesn't get top billing. The, the actor playing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. But it's Jack Nicholson. Can, can you blame... The people, the Hollywood people. I still, you know what? Honestly, I still think Bat Michael Keaton might be one of my favorite Batman on film. I will only fight that <laughs> in as much as technically Kevin Conroy got a theatrical release for Mask of the Phantom. Oh, that's true. So that's true. <laughs> and Mask of the Phantom is my favorite Batman movie, and the Joker's in it. And Kevin Conroy is the best. Is the best Batman. But uh, I, other than that, yeah, I can really see that. Like, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean. It's, it's such a shame that, like, Ben Affleck had to be Batman in, in one of the worst Batman movies. He also was he also was Batman in the worst Suicide Squad movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only Suicide yeah. Squad movie, but the worst one, too. Yeah. And, and that version of the Joker is fucking awful. Oh. Well, I mean, like, okay, that, that version is, like, kind of, like, inspired, in, but in all the wrong ways, by um, Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo's Joker graphic novel. A really, really good graphic novel. Um, that one, it's basically just like, it's kind of Nolan-y in that it's a really realistic take on, on the Joker where he's just this crazy crime mob boss and he's fighting with, with, um, Two-Face who's only called Dent really, or he's called Harvey's mm -hmm. at one point. And, uh, and like, I'll, the, the Penguin is just this, this like criminal, like accountant who washes money. And he's like likes birds, and that's just in the background. And Killer Crocs is just this crazy cannibal who 
who has like a weird skin condition. You know, that's another character that I really want in Justice 2. Killer Croc. Oh, Killer I Croc. really want to see Killer Croc in a fighting game. Hmm. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Why not? I mean, he's in the game briefly. Like, he's one of the st- stage transitions. I think um, it's like, uh, like Gotham City or something. Hmm. But you can like, you know the stage transitions? You like knock him into this like little, uh, it's like a sewer area and then Killer Croc pops up and grabs your character and like smashes you like, against the wall and then throws you. He's also in the first game too in his stage transition as well in Arkham, Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah. But uh, that would be sweet to have him as a main character. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds sweet. Yeah, let's, let's, go, let's go, let's talk back, back about, about the joke. We got two more combos. He's got one called the full, full deck. Full deck? Like a full deck of cards, you know? Mm-hmm. And Joker uses cards. What? That's how yeah. we knew that the Joker was coming at the end of Batman Begins. Yeah. Oh, I love that card. moment. I love that, that moment. Yeah. That was an amazing moment, actually. Yes. That reveal fucking, like, I lost my mind. I saw that yeah. in theaters and I was like, what? Yes. The Joker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then he got one called Give Me a Smile. Yes. Give me a smile. Ah. Let's put a smile on that face. Like that. So this is, I mean, this is a pretty good combo attack. Yeah. I think, I think Netherrealm did a great job there. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, cool. like, yeah, this is, this isn't Superman. This, this is, is definitely no Superman. Yeah. This is, this is really good. And, and that's the Joker in a nutshell. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know who, who was like, I, oh no, actually it was the first, um, it was the first Batman story ever that like, um, his victims like would die with a rigor mortis smile on it. And just like, that is so creepy. That was like the thing, like when when they did the Batman the animated series, like one of the things they like the censors was like the Joker couldn't like kill on screen. The most they ever got away with was um, was people had died kind of off screen, but like he he clearly had killed them. But 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 what they found is like, but you can have them be poisoned and have this r- smile on them. It was like really? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like it's kind of worse. That's like, yeah. that is terrifying. That's horror movie you know, stuff. And it just like, it was like, okay. Like, it was like, the censor people always were like strange though. Like as they, as they've reported, it's like, you, you're allowed to do this, but you're not allowed to do this. So it's like over the edge, you can, oh, you can show Batgirl fall to her death, but you can't like show her be dropped onto the car. You have to show it from inside the car, from Jim Gordon's perspective and see this woman get dropped down. It's like, um, that's worse than it's from the father's perspective, and that's ten times as terrifying. Yeah, but the people who rate movies, like, are notoriously, like, they just don't really understand. They have, like, those this weird biases, but I kind of want to go back to what you are talking about, about how, um, you know, those moments where you see Joker, like, kill somebody, but it's, like, off-screen, but he's, like, clearly killed someone, <laughs> you know? Um, they actually did that, this is actually, um, something they did in another game featuring the fighting game featuring the Joker, actually, not in Justice 1, but Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Ah, yes. Uh, the game that the fighting game that was uh, it's a precursor. I guess it's like a precursor to Injustice uh, One and Two. Uh, but it was all, a, a fun fact about that one too. That was the last Mortal Kombat game that was published under Midway Studios, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was the first. It was the last one to be published under Midway. Right bef- uh, it was right before uh, it Boone created NetherRealm Studios and. Um, it was, they had this problem when they were licensing these characters where Warner Brothers didn't want, you know, their heroes obviously doing fatalities and stuff like that like they have in the Mortal Kombat universe, um, but they allowed the villain characters to have fatalities, and the Joker was a character in this, in this game, um, and Joker's fatality, one of them, or I believe, actually I don't remember if the characters had multiple fatalities, but... Joker's fatality was, you know, he, like, you know, shot you with his big, famous bang gun, um, you know, and, uh, uh, long barrel gun, like, like the one that he had in, uh, the Batman 89 movie, mm-hmm. and, uh, what they did was they moved the camera so that the character who was being shot in the head couldn't be seen when he was getting shot in the head. Like, the original game was developed so that, like, you could see him, like, blow the person's brains out, because it's like a Mortal Kombat game, right? It would have been fatality. Yeah. Um, but Warner Brothers insisted that they moved, the, they shifted camera. And there was another character that they did that before too for their fatality, but I can't remember. So like, that's a sin- instance where like, the Joker's like, killing someone, but it's off screen. Yeah. 
Super weird, right? It's weird. Well, I mean, like, sensors and, like, I don't know, whatever. It's, like, whatever you want to do. I mean, I remember when I played God of War 3 for the first time, like, like one of the times when you're Kratos killing a god, like, you, you fight Poseidon, and you end up, like, as you're killing him, like, you, you start playing it, and you're viewing it through Poseidon's eyes, and you're feeling it through Poseidon's perspective. It's just like, that's even worse. It's so terrifying that way, where it's just like you're watching this horrible dude, like, murder you. Dude, and that's like the very beginning of the game, too. Yes! That game is crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, okay, let's talk about let's talk about Joker's special moves. Okay. We didn't get to his special moves yet. Um, all, like, I think that Neverrealm did a really good job of this character. Okay. At least, like, the names of the moves. And, like, um, so he's got, you know, he's got the, 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 the long barrel gun that we are just talking about that, like, uh, is, like, as evidenced by, you know, the amount of, of, of times this has been seen as you know, the Joker, you know, it's, it's just bang, you know, down forward, uh, down forward one, bang, shoots you in the, shoots you in the face uh, with that gun. And then he's got gas canisters also. Um, he's got two gas canister moves. One's the flying gas and one's the rolling gas. Flying gas, obviously, he throws it at you. The rolling gas is he puts it on the ground and kicks it at you. So it's like a laughing gas canister, um, which I feel like almost every incarnation of the Joker I've seen has used this laughing gas thing in some way, right? Except for Dark Knight and... Except for Dark Knight, yeah. And the, and the new movies so far, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but... I don't, what, the Suicide Squad stuff? Yeah, yeah, there was no reference to that. And that's, that's actually, true. like, the thing, like, that. that's the only... I understand why they didn't have it in The Dark Knight, but just, like, it's, like, it's something that's sad, because, like, that is something so quintessentially Joker, to me at least, is the toxin gas that people die. Like, um, when you read Dark Knight Returns, for example, just, like, that horrible, horrific scene where he's... And this, like, thinly-veiled David Letterman show, and he suddenly has these like, evil robots come into the show and breathe out the poison gas and everyone suddenly in that studio is dead with the smile on their face. And just the line, like, so many faces, so many smiles. Just like, Whoa. that is pure evil. Yeah, that's And it's evil. like, that is like, also like, that is the jo Joker. Well, we didn't really get to see that much of, of Suicide Squad's Joker, to be fair, so we don't know if that's part of his deal yet. And yet that movie marketed the crap out of the idea that, that it was going to be the Suicide Squad versus the Joker. Yeah. Yes. Well, that movie also, that whole franchise, oh man, there's some stuff about that Joker that like is kind of, that kind of makes me want to watch the other ones. Like when I'm like watching like theory videos and all that kind of stuff and like yeah. re-watching stuff and like seeing things. Yeah. Like, uh. Oh god, I guess we should go into this. Uh, th there's that. There's a theory where because we kind of touched on it in the last episode because we were talking about Batman v Superman, and I was like, we got to save this for Batman. But this, this is actually a Joker thing, so we just talked yeah. about it on this episode. There's a theory that uh, that version of the Joker in Suicide Squad is actually um, Tim Drake. Yeah, I've heard like things like that. That's, yeah. Yeah. No. What do you mean? That's well, happened that before. Like That's happened in Batman Beyond. Yeah, but that like that was like literal mind control, like that was literal like torture. Yeah, and, but like stuff like Joker that. talks about how he was tortured the same way that he does in uh, does Harley in that movie. He talks about it. He talks about how he was he was tortured into forgetting it, forgetting who he was. We need to stop like talking about these movies. I'm just saying, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm you sorry. Just, you just, just got, like, you just got like, a gap in your. There's a gap in your uh, logic there. It's, that's Darth Jar Jar kind of stuff. Like, it's just like, it's fun. It's fun. I, I won't deny it. Like, it's fun. Just like, but you're kind of like, you're grasping at, at straws to me. I don't know, man. There's like interviews. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, these movies aren't everybody's favorite, but there's like interviews with, um, ah, fuck. Who's the director of the goddamn movie? Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, he directed Fury, I know. Whatever. Like, then that guy. Uh, somebody, somebody, uh, his name, he's not great enough for us to mention his name on this podcast. Uh, somebody was interviewing him and, uh, I think one of the questions they had for him was like, what's the most ridiculous fan theory you've heard about, um, you know, the, the, the modern, uh, Batman movies or whatever. And, uh, the guy goes that the Joker is Jason Todd because people have been saying that it's probably Jason Todd. 
And uh, and he goes, no, that's not the case. It's not Jason Todd. And then we think about like like okay, so the image of him on the cover yeah. or the, the the poster, he's holding that staff, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, Tim Drake's Robin has used that staff a lot. And there's the image of uh, Batman walking past the Robin suit that's been spray painted, ha ha ha, jokes on you, Batman. And he's holding the staff also. There's a lot of hints to, that, that are making me even think that that's actually the case, that that's how they're writing it, is that the doctor version of the Joker is, 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 um, is Tim Drake. Well, that would, that would be a take. I would, I would actually appreciate it if, if they went that way instead of, I don't know, just like, we, we've already covered it in like our last episode, but like, you know, okay, like, a, th- that comic was a weird comic. It, I'm not sure if it has aged well, like a death in the family, other than the part of, the part that does work well is Jason Todd dying. That, that part was just really well done even though again like there's so many weird like factoids about that one is like that the story was ultimately left to a like a call number to decide on whether or not to let oh yeah the, the jason die in there that was, story they like asked people like what who they wanted to die or something like that yeah. right there was like a whole poll yeah and then like here's like even crazier like and this is an urban legend mind you and like it was a very close vote that there was this one fan who rigged up like a, a phone to auto dial to make it sure that the number of votes went to the death votes. So like he rigged the phone to like call every so couple of minutes to like make sure that Jason died no matter what. So we wouldn't have Red Hood if it wasn't for some asshole hacker. Maybe. No, but that was like, version of Red Hood. Yeah. Well, I mean like uh well Batman under the Red Hood is like one of the best of like those DC Oh uh, yeah, it's great. Video movies. I got this great, great. Check it out, please. Check it my out. thing, my thing though is, I still consider you know, and this might be weird, but I still consider that version of Red Hood, like Jason Todd's Red Hood, like I still consider that like a new character. I don't yeah. like. I still see that as like a very like new, and like I realize that that character's been around for a really long time at this point, but I still look at it and I'm like, this is like modern Batman stuff. But it's good modern Batman. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Good. Yeah, it's like well, I would have been like the same when, category as like Damian Wayne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that was one of the things where they, like, were, I mean, it's weird looking back on it, but, like, the writer of that, um, I'm forgetting his name, Judd Winnick. Judd Winnick. Judd Winnick was, like, on The Real World, believe it or not. He was on MTV's The Real World. <laughs> then, <laughs> this show. Yes. Then he ended up, like, becoming, like, a real-life writer. Update. Okay. I will say his name. The director of Suicide Squad is David Ayer. Yeah, David Ayer. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, David Ayer. Like, okay, like we, a, just, we well, just forgot who you yeah. were because that movie's terrible. Well, <laughs> I'll forgive him this much. Like, like unlike Zack Snyder, like, like apparently, like when you look into it, like the, he had six weeks to write the movie, the script for Suicide Squad, to make sure it got released within a year. Now, to give you guys people perspective most movie scripts like get written in three years and go through five writers before they get to a director to direct it and then it goes through more revisions before finally being sent off to being a shooting script are you trying to get us to feel bad for david Ayer right now well i'm just trying to give a little perspective all right i mean it's it's fair it's fair the guy it sounds like he was he was put under a lot of pressure he was rushed I mean, I do. There was just things that I like about that movie, like, well, uh, like yeah, there's yeah. things that there's things that I like about it. There's ideas in there. There's kernels of ideas that are cool. All right, well, we we've said all our thoughts about on Batman v Superman. Let me be honest now that with with Suicide Squad. Okay, so <laughs> Batman v Superman like is total like garbage, but it's like, it, but it's clearly like this is Zack Snyder's vision. Mm-hmm. Like this is clearly like Zack Snyder's vision. Suicide Squad, in contrast, is a is a more competent work, I feel, but it's like it's clearly like oh there was once like a creative vision there was once David Ayer's vision for this, and then like the the studio was like realized that the preview of the version of the movie was much more interesting and much more exciting than the version of the movie they actually had, and decided to try to make the movie be more like that, and the result is they corporated and genericed the crap out of the movie, and so the result is. Something that's more technically competent, but forgettable. 
Well, it's a really yeah. forgettable movie. Yeah. I mean, so it's just like it's like he's just in one ear, out the other. Like I, I, I remember none of the fights. Like nothing. I, I can remember Margot Robbie's in it. Yeah. And, and Will, Will Smith. Smith. But like Will Smith, like that is like forgettable Will Smith. I mean, it's not after Earth Will Smith, but it's still like not good Will Smith. But I think that like the whole point of that movie was just to find an excuse to like introduce all of these um, these villain characters so they could just like reuse them whenever they wanted in the DC universe without having to like give them backstory. You should have just made it what you were advertising it as. Make it the Suicide Squad versus the Joker. Yeah. Well. And so getting back to the Joker, though. Getting uh, back to the Joker. Yes. Question about the Joker, James, for you. Okay. Because his next couple moves um, are related to those, like, chattering teeth box things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, you find them all over the place in the Arkham yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, he's got three versions of it, right? He's, like, got one where it's... It's close to him, got one where it's like mid-screen, and got one where it's far down the way of the screen all the way at the end. Um, where did that come from? Where did that chattering teeth thing come from? Is it just, for, is it just like a, a clown? They thought there's, there's a clown thing? Is that a veil finger thing? Where'd that come from? That's cultural osmosis. Just like chattering teeth were popular. Yeah. And just like that was like, okay, Joker's got that. And like, uh, it's things like uh, he, he spits it out, like in the when he gets punched by Batman in Batman 89. Like, he, he spits out his teeth, but it's really chattering teeth. And uh, you got things like, uh, like at, at the beginning of um, Batman uh, Mad Love, like uh, at the beginning, like when, when, they, when Joker and Harley Quinn are posing as dentists that are about to, like, torture and drill out Commissioner Gordon's teeth, like, Batman drops in and, like, throws a chattering teeth. And it was like, it was an obvious clue, Joker. Easy. You're losing your edge. Yeah, he's like, oh, I mean, well, that's, I mean, that's true. It's kind of like, if I was Batman and I saw Tattering Teeth and I had a clown enemy, I'd be like, obviously it's that guy. It's dentist. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, it's a dentist, it. But, uh, and then, okay, so then his last move is, uh, is, 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 uh, what's it, what is it called? The Crazed Run. And, and it's just like, he like runs at you with a crowbar. Oh. And then he does like, oh, the meter burn version of it too. I remember this is like kind of because this is the same as was in the original Injustice game. Pretty much plays the same, more or less the same as he does in, in, the, in the Injustice game. His character power is a little different, um, where he like you like press it three times and you have like a, a it's like it's like a ha 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 meter, right? And each mm -hmm. time you press it, uh, it increases like his mobility in some way. Kind of like it's kind of like a Bane kind of like oh like charging his venom kind of thing. Okay. Um, but uh, this move. <laughs> This crazy run move, he like runs at you with a crowbar, and then if you meter bar it, Renee just beats the shit out of you with a crowbar. Ooh, like, yeah. like just like just like in that scene in Under the Red Hood, basically. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And and I, I remember the first time I saw that in the first in the first Justice game, I was like, that's brutal. Like, cause that's like the immediately flashback flashback of Jason Todd getting his his ass beat with a with a with a crowbar until he dies. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was like that was. Like, I was truly astonished when they did that. I was just like, oh my. I cannot believe you did that. Can't show that to kids. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that was like, that was one of the first ones that was just like, it was rated PG-13. I was like, it earned its rating. When they, when they first did like uh, the uh, Superman, uh, Superman Doomsday one, like their, their very first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. It was like, they were like really like forcing like, we're PG-13 now. So now it's, we're going to say, Superman's getting his ass kicked. It's like, okay, you can swear. I get it. It's like it's like it's like when you're 13 and you're swearing for the first time and you're like really like overcompensating and trying to prove like I can swear, I can swear. Versus like by under the hood, it's like people swear, but it's like it's natural. Now it's just like okay, this is like actual dialogue. Yeah. And some people, yeah. They actually toned down the gore from like the, the comic book version. Like comic book version is much more gore. Oh yeah, of course. I mean they could probably they could get away with that in the pages of comic books a little bit. I think it also works better though. Like in comic like, books? I worked I think it worked better when it was just like implied. Like implied um, violence really? kind of like always works better, I think. Like when when it's implied. I don't know. That's a, that, I think that's a personal opinion because I remember I mean your first reaction to playing the game was that it was very violent. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. obviously it's violent to fighting game. Yes. Well, 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 but no, but I, what I mean by that is, um, like, uh, like, uh, just to give you an example, um, in the actual, uh, a death in the family story, like, there's only, 
one actual shot of of Jason Todd being like shown being hit by the crowbar, and then the next is just a series of panels of of Joker uh, just just showing the Joker swinging the yeah. crowbar, and that is so much more effective than like actually showing Jason Todd on the bottom of that, like I agree. him being beaten up, because then it's just like. But I don't think that's implied that's like violence. Tourist. I don't think we can call that implied violence because, like, you're seeing him swinging that swinging that crowbar, like, and you know, like, what his target is. Like, that's pretty blatant. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just like when like this. This is a whole other like side debate, but like it's just it's um it's it's whether you show it, I think, or, or rather than showing the consequences. Right, 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 right. It's why it's like it's much more comfortable, I think, like with R-rated violence when you show Robocop just actually like blow someone's brains out and you show the blow brains being blown out versus PG-13 Robocop. You just show someone like get shot and then just falling down. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, that's where it's like, that's where it's risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it go full circles, right? Back to Mortal Kombat versus DC. Yep. Moving that oh, camera. Yep, moving that camera. Yep. So, I mean... I, I, it always is always interesting also like just what what they decide is like evil and what that is a little bit in, informs like how they want to portray the Joker like when Grant Morrison got a hold of him he just became like so horrifically self-mutilating and like really just like to cut people up mm-hmm. and he called himself the thin white duke of death and just like it's like ooh, this is like really unsettling that's like a really weird nickname yeah and then they uh then like Scott Snyder, it was just like, which I kind of like. I'm not a big fan of, but well, you're not a big fan of Scott Snyder. Um, not the hugest. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's fair. But um, but like his, his take <laughs> on the Joker was like was that he was kind of like this demon almost. Oh yeah. Where just like he just knew everyone's weakness and just would instantly zero in on it. And when you hear Scott Snyder talk about it, it sounds a bit more effective. I I found than like actually on the page. Like, where it's just, like, it's just, Joker is just in this, like, in Orkham Asylum in this straitjacket, and he's just, like, he's like, ooh, let me tell you a funny story. There's this man who has a wife who has multiple scoliosis, and she can't talk, but, and his husband does everything he can, shut up, shut up, shut up, and, he, and you realize he's talking about the, like, that actual doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, then it's just, like, it's just, the Joker just figures out your weakness, like, ooh, Harvey, I didn't see you. Is that because you were taking a drink? It's like... Harvey Bullock's an alcoholic, so he's just like, oh. Yeah, he's just like, he's just like psychologically damaging. Yeah. At the same time. Uh, We have one more, one more move to talk about with the Joker. Okay. Um, And it's his, uh, it's his super move, man. All right, sweet. Is, it's actually pretty crazy. So he like grabs you and then you appear in like, in like an electric chair and then he just beats the crap out of your face with a wrench and then turns the electric chair on on full blast. I definitely, I, I feel like that's like Batman animated series kind of Joker-ish stuff with like the electric chair. That's what I was immediately reminded of. Yeah. It's like that, those kind of like props are like, they like bring me back to like animated series Joker. Okay, full nerd, I actually know when he did that. Yes, okay, go ahead. Almost got him. Almost got him. One of the best Batman the Animated Series episodes, period. Didn't I say there's more than one way to get someone? Like, a uh, Batman gets captured by the Joker and is put in the electric chair and Catwoman saves him. Right, and so that's definitely, I mean, that's definitely where that, it's gotta be close, at least, where yeah. that, that, that idea came from. Because when I first saw that super move, that's, like, all my brain went to. is like, oh, that's, like, some Batman Animated Series stuff. Totally. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I... Let's just stop and, like, talk a little bit about it. Like, I mean, one, that is my favorite, like, all-around Batman, but, like, that's also, that's my Joker. Right, totally. like, And, like, I love how, like, they, that even in those stories, like, he can kind of bounce, like, between, like, he can be man- manipulated. I like a Joker that can be manipulated mm-hmm. by other people at times. Like, they prey on his weaknesses, on his own insecurities, and mm-hmm. his own, like, kind of, like, demons that he can be, like... He's not, like, this, the kind of, like, Scott Snyder... Where he's just like kind of like unbeatable, mm-hmm. uh, or he's like he's just this type of like demonic evil. I like it where he's a bit human. Like I love in how Return of the Joker, like Terry McGinnis, like fights him not like Bruce Wayne, but in his Terry McGinnis way, mm-hmm. and figures out, oh, I know, like what makes you tick off is is me laughing at you. You make me laugh, but only because I think you're kind of pathetic. <laughs> Stop that! 
yeah, yeah, yeah. At you, and Ben's like, it's like that's like that does drive him insane. He's like, come on, look in his laugh. Little punk. Dude, honestly, dude, like Return of the Joker is cool, but I don't know. What, I don't know if you know what's going on in Batman Beyond right now. But all that stuff in that first story arc where they brought back the Joker. Oh, you was, told me that. Like, did I tell you about this? Yes. Okay, so for people who are listening to this who have not read Batman Beyond uh, Rebirth, um, just gonna go ahead and tell you, just probably not buy it because this whole first story arc is like this guy is trying to revive the Joker. Um, and then it turns out that the Joker body he has was actually Bruce Wayne, and full spoilers, man, because this sucks, and, uh, he uses Bruce Wayne's body to, like, get into, like, Wayne Manor, and then, like, somebody throws Bruce Wayne off a cliff, Terry saves him, then Bruce is like, oh, but that was the Joker, and, like, at the end, this guy reveals himself to be the Joker who's still alive in, like, you know, the future, and it's just fucking, it, it took me, it took them five issues to drag out this, like, Friggin' awful story. I, I I just had to rant about that for a friggin' second because... Oh, totally fair. I totally kind of hate it when they bring the Joker... I mean, even, like... Like, in Batman Beyond, I kind of hate it when they, like, reuse characters. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, dude, just new characters, let's go. Like, where's Blight, yo? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that that's, like, Batman Beyond. Like, I, I didn't mind when, when the old villains came back, but they had to, like... You had to do it like in the Return of the Joker way, where it's right. just where it's no, like this is how Terry solves this problem. Right, like, exactly. Just like not just repeating it in a, in like a, a Bruce Wayne story with a future. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. That sucks. Yeah, but go yeah. Ahead. So, um, but no, getting to like a just animated series, like it's so weird, like that Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill played such a big role in my childhood of being the greatest hero ever, Luke Skywalker. And then at the same time being the man of my nightmares, the Joker in yeah, Batman the Animated Series. And you cannot tell, you cannot tell that that is like Luke Skywalker listening to it. It's like, nope. Yeah, uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I, uh, my mind was blown. Or I guess I was a teenager when I found that out. But my mind was blown when I found out that that was Mark Hamill. Yeah. Um, but, James, guess what? We've been talking for 50 minutes. Uh-huh. That means that's our show. Yep. I know we can keep probably going talking about such a long time just because he's totally. an interesting character one of my favorite Batman villains probably one of the best villains of all time um, if my not favorite comic best. book villain period what did you say? my favorite comic book villain period there you go yeah. so James before we go we gotta get your opinion what do you think about uh, Justice 2's version of the Joker totally fair totally legit they got him right cool awesome James approves that's our show guys uh, we'll be back next week where we'll talk about Wonder Woman which actually, um, I don't know. I don't know too much about Wonder Woman, so James, you're probably gonna school me a little bit. Oh, you are in for some. I have to be honest, kinky lessons. <laughs> All right, well that's our show. We'll see you next week for some kinky lessons with Wonder Woman. Thanks.